everyone. My name is Carrie Witcher, and you too can be a Marketplace Multiplier because Marketplace Multipliers equip all Christians to influence their workplace and integrate their faith by making disciples and unleashing the kingdom of God wherever they are. Welcome to another episode of the Marketplace Multipliers podcast. I'm Jeff Clark, and I serve as the Associate Head Basketball Coach at Indiana Wesleyan University. Today, we're going to be joined by Pastor Amanda Oikel from Public Church Boston. And we're going to hear a a story that is a little bit different. It starts out inspiring with her feeling called to pastor a church in Boston and do it through the marketplace. But one where she's faced extreme resistance and ultimately rejection for the thing that God had put in her heart. We're just super grateful for how transparent and authentic she was in sharing her story. And I know for many people, they're going to be encouraged and inspired by her faithfulness, but also just the way in which she continues to have hope and faith in Jesus Christ as she pursues the mission. We're joined now by Pastor Amanda Oikel from Public Church in Boston. Pastor Amanda, could you just start by sharing the journey to planning a church in Boston? Sure. So I became a Christian at 18. Uh, shortly after that, uh, God spoke to me about pastoral ministry, but I didn't believe <laughs> he was talking to me. And then just through some life circumstances, delayed just saying yes to that leading. And then when I was 27, God poked me again and said, hey, why don't you become a pastor? Why don't you serve me full time? And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, and then shortly after that, I had a dream of my husband and I looking for actually a storefront to start a church in. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'm called to church planting. And I was actually a part of a church plant at the time. So that helped me just understand uh, the context of what it meant to be a church planter. Well, so I thought. (laughs) And so I, yeah, started uh, doing coursework, working towards ordination in the Wesleyan church. And I started at home just online. And then God led my family and I to relocate to Kingswood University, which had many benefits, but one of those being that I got to meet Pastor Brandon Peterson, who was just at the school doing a chapel service, but just felt like a connection to him and Jen uh, right away. And then after I graduated, I was asked to go to Ontario to do kind of like a restart or yeah, have a church there in Ontario. So I knew I needed a coach that I would need some help. So I reached out to Brandon and he said, well, Hey, I'm doing this course with another pastor named Melinda priest. Would you like to join us in it? And I said, sure. So I did this course with them for eight or nine months and then actually ended up resigning from my position in Ontario. And shortly after that, Melinda invited me to Boston. That's how I got here. I think anyone listening sees a pattern of you being willing to say yes. <laughs> and obviously, if you're going to plan a church in Boston, you're willing to go for it. So fast forward now to this stirring in your heart for marketplace ministry and, and what you guys decided to do. Yeah. Um, So shortly after coming here and just dreaming about what public church would be, um, I knew that we weren't necessarily going to follow like a traditional church path. And so just working with Melinda and Brandon and just dreaming about what our space could be, this concept of 
coffee kind of just kept coming up. And even actually when I was still back at Kingswood, I wrote up a church planting plan to use a coffee shop as the space to gather in. But then as we were talking about it, I was like, I don't, I don't think we're just supposed to meet in a coffee shop. I think we're actually supposed to start a coffee shop. And a lot of that, you know, was summarized in our mission, which is to create community connection where all people are seen and known by the transforming love of Christ for the renewal of the city. And so it just so happened that, yeah, actually starting a coffee shop in the neighborhood of Jamaica Plain uh, would allow us to pilot our business um, and meet a tangible need. There was no good coffee shops <laughs> where Awaken City Church is. So uh, we actually started with a coffee cart and then that developed into a a permanent brick and mortar spot just right next door to Awaken City Church. And so, yeah, the, our vision of creating proximity spaces or third spaces, whichever language you're more familiar with, to be close to those who feel far from Jesus actually came to be. And the vision was to also use the um, businesses because we want to we still do, but we especially then wanted to have multiple businesses eventually throughout the city. And then um, public church is a micro church network. So the plan was that the churches would meet in the business spaces. And knowing your heart, even for a little bit, your heart is for the people and you're trying to provide a, a good and create community. Um, but it's not received maybe the way that we would hope this story would go. You have a vision, you go for it. You're trying to give things away to the community. Just walk us through what happened as you tried to bring this business to life. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we knew, um, especially just living in our context for as long as we have, and I'm from a very similar city back in Canada called Halifax. So very similar liberal leaning, um, and so we knew that there would be some opposition to Christians owning a business, um, and in particular in the neighborhood that we started, because yeah, we just, there's evidence for, <laughs> for it. And, um, but you know, we felt like this was the way God was leading us. So we moved forward, but <clears throat> part of the, getting the space ready was that we had to rezone or ask for variance of use for the building. And so even before construction started, um, the neighbors knew what, who we were and what we were going to do. And um, we were very nervous. We honestly expected that they would vote negatively, um, that they would not want us. And surprisingly, they voted in the affirmative. Every, you know, we got a unanimous Yes. And so we were able to, yeah, get the change of use. And so we moved forward with construction. But shortly after that, um, there was a couple of articles that were written about us and tying us to just like some quotes that weren't even connected to the Wesleyan denomination. And that stirred a little bit of like questions in the neighborhood. And um, we had a couple people, yeah, ask us and we had great conversations and then, um, yeah, we did renovations for about a year. So for a year, the community knew we were coming, but we didn't hear much. And then, uh, shortly after we opened, there was a, a call 
via flyers posted around the neighborhood for the neighborhood to boycott us, saying that the Wesleyan Church, you know, are fascists, bigots, um, anti-LGBTQ, um, anti-trans, and just you know, really started some narratives in the neighborhood that, unless, um, yeah, unless the people were like us and uh, you know thought exactly how we did and believed how we did, that they were they wouldn't be welcome in the coffee shop. And so, um, you know, we refuted that. We said that's not the case. All people are welcome here. And then um, the person who put up the flyers, we had already been open two months on our grand opening. She organized a protest against us. So during our operating hours, there was probably throughout the day, about 10 to 15 people outside. Yeah, just protesting the shop and were kind of yelling at customers as they came in and out. And at one point came in the shop and was yelling at us and... Yeah, unfortunately, we had to ask them to leave. And that day was over. And as the word tells us, God's mercy is new every day. So we really questioned even at that point, you know, should we keep going? Um, But we decided to keep going. And for, you know, the next couple of months, um, it was kind of business as usual. But we noticed like our trends were not in line with other coffee shops. Um, I have a couple of friends who have started and, and operate coffee shops and talk to them. And I mean, we didn't expect to be like completely sustainable for a little while, but we saw a significant drop in our sales after that protest. And we'd have people come in and they would say like, oh, this space is so nice. And thank you for coming in the neighborhood. Your coffee's so good. We're going to go tell our friends. We'll be here all the time. And then they would like leave and never come back. So the assumption, uh, eventually we realized this isn't a coincidence. They would go tell their friends and their friends would be like, well, don't you know? <laughs> and then they, you know, wouldn't come back. So, yeah. So we kept going. And then there was a particular group in June that there was a, a rumor going around on Facebook that the coffee shop was a front for conversion therapy. And so there was a particular group in the neighborhood that like, didn't like that <laughs> and started protesting us as well. So we ended up closing the beginning of August. So from like mid August till we closed, they protested us three times. And then on our final Saturday, they um, planned a, a celebration slash protest <laughs> for us. Mm. And we just decided not to open that day and, and move on. So, yeah. So what was, yeah, a major dream for us and what we saw as an answer to prayer, um, just the way that we fundraise and the money came in, we wanted to kind of fight and keep going as long as we could. But like, I got to the point where I just didn't feel peace anymore working there and stayed probably too long, even after like feeling that way, just, you know, hoping that something would turn, turn the tide. But I, I stopped working in the shop the middle of June. And then my husband stayed until, like I said, the early, early August. And then we decided to, 
to close the doors to the public, which was very disappointing, very sad. Um, but we felt like we had been obedient along the way. And we did see God move and work in that space. And there is a family that is the mom, two children, and her mom have now been baptized and rededicated their life to Jesus because one day she came into a coffee shop. So what we feel like is we presented the gospel and some people accepted it, but many have rejected it. Yeah, that's where we find ourselves. I'd love to hear go a little deeper with you because what you want the stories always be is you you follow God's leading and everything explodes. Um, but I heard recently uh, <laughs> someone I really respect talking about in leadership when they look at Jesus, probably the maybe the hardest thing he had to go through on the cross was being misunderstood and how mm. hard it is when you're in a position of spiritual leadership when whoever it is you're trying to serve and love doesn't understand what you're doing. So just... Talk to others who are in a tough spot of ministry right now about the journey you've been through personally of just doing something with a sincere heart, being misunderstood, and then it not going the way you were hoping that it would go. What have you learned and how how would you encourage others who either are or may soon be in a position like you're in? Yeah, those are big questions. <laughs> and honestly, ones I'm still processing, being here in Boston, like it really felt like coming home to me because like I mentioned, the culture here is very similar to where I grew up where I lived until, you know, saying yes to Jesus and going wherever he told me to go. So it was easy coming here. Like I think some people like on the outside looking in would be like, wow, like you should never go there. (laughs) Like it's a really hard place. Like, you know, we hear some different stats, but four to 8% of the population are evangelical Protestants, you know, so there's a significant like Catholic population, but there are a lot of people here who um, have moved here specifically to get away from their past. And a lot of, and often that's connected to Christianity. So there are people here who are quite hostile towards the gospel. And so we thought creating this space would be kind of neutral ground for people um, so that they could reconnect with, you know, Christians and maybe re-explore faith or, you know, and even some for the first time. So, yes, so we knew it was going to be hard, but like, you know, you hear but anything is possible with God, you know, and, Hmm. and, and, you know, like, that's absolutely true. But what does it mean when the thing you try that you feel led by God to do fails? So, yeah, I mean, the, the questions I've asked God are obviously why what's next what did I do wrong so kind of I'll go backwards like I don't sense that we did anything wrong Hmm. what's next I'm a marketplace church planter like that's who I am so 
I want to try again. <laughs> like, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out if that's here in Boston or somewhere else. Um, I, I want it to be Boston, um, but there's just some, there's hesitation to, to try something, you know, even though it's a different part of the city, different neighborhood, um, one would assume this, the same thing is going to happen, but it might not. And, um, I'm enough of an optimist <laughs> to like, want to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and try again. So we're trying to figure that out and why, you know, did it not work? I think it did work. Hmm. Um, like I say, it failed because it's no longer operating. But I was just actually sharing this with uh, some friends the other day. Like, I kind of feel like what we needed to do in that space happened. Like, we hmm. completed the task. Um, and I don't know what the outcome is necessarily for it. Um but I, I do, like I said, I do know we presented the gospel and some accepted and some rejected. And that's what we're called to do. It's, it's really easy to blame ourselves. But I actually, I was listening to a podcast once where um, a church planter had to close his church. And he said, we give God the glory. We give him praise when things go well. And when they don't, we blame ourselves. But God's the same God, you know, he's still in control. And yeah, I think that we planted many seeds. I think God will water them and there will be fruit. And I don't know, again, I don't know how or when or why. Um, but I think I just trust God with the outcome. Hmm. You know, we've tried to be faithful but we're letting him be the one who brings the fruit well Amanda, i i know you're inspiring inspiring me and and many who are listening <laughs> to this by your faithfulness and um hope and i and i know also that um from conversations there's been opportunities for you to respond uh in many different ways and you've chosen to respond with love um and with grace no matter how things went from from outsiders so um maybe just finish with those who are listening how can they specifically pray for you how can they mm -hmm. pray for the people in your area and then if they want to reach out and connect in some way to your church what would be the the pathway for them to do that sure yeah the prayer like i mentioned it's hard to picture public church like moving forward without the marketplace piece to it the vision that we had for businesses um, we're continuing to meet and gather as a church, but I am in a discernment time. And so prayer just for wisdom and direction would be fantastic to know. Like, I don't want to make any decisions based off of fear, but like we have a lot more wisdom now about Boston than we did, you know, the first time around. So I want to be faithful with, obviously God's resources and be obedient. Like that's what I ultimately want at the end of the day. And, you know, we are 
a little angry. We're a little hurt. So healing, prayers for healing. And but ultimately just want to, yeah, continue to be obedient to God. And if people want to contact us, we are on social media as Public Church Boston and also still as Public Coffee Boston. And so, yeah, DM there or email me, Amanda at publicchurchboston.com. Well, Amanda, thank you for sharing with such authenticity and just a real story of someone who's pursuing marketplace ministry on the front lines. I know many people will, will be inspired and benefit from, from how you've taught us and what we're learning through your example. So we really appreciate it. And thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Marketplace Multipliers podcast. For more information, go to www.marketplacemultipliers.com. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and share with others who may benefit. And remember, you too can integrate your faith and influence your workplace for Christ.